Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now, just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. TJ, boy, he just rocked my fucking world. Oh my God. I mean, after that experience, when I was in the car driving home, I was like laughing. I kept saying, oh my God, that's just one of those scenarios where you have all the right chemistry with the wrong person. And we have kind of gone off and on and off and on and just recently on, and now it's probably off. It's almost like we're living like a high school experience. We ended up in this real seedy motel, but actually it kind of added to it. I totally got into it, but I remember both of us being kind of nervous the first time. I could tell he was he was definitely more nervous than me at that point. I love a guy that's decisive. I love a guy that comes after you like a fucking heat-seeking missile. I love that. I need that. Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I am Layla. Happy Saturday, guys. All right, well, this is going to be an interesting episode. Do you know that I'm 2,695 days into my sexual awakening, my sexual journey? It's been that long since I first started it. And a lot of people don't know that I actually started back in around end of August, early September. So I'm calling kind of September 1st, my official start for the Curious Girl Diaries, September 1st, 2016, way, way, way back then. And I started all this and I was meeting guys. I was blogging about them, putting them on my website. If you guys have never checked that out, that old blog, what I used to do was I started podcasting, but I was trying to keep the sexual encounters to the blog. I don't know why. I just, that's how I thought I was doing it. And then I realized that wasn't a good way to split it up. And I'm not a very good writer. So I decided to just back in December 19th of 2016 was when I first did my first episode. And I released a couple of episodes and I did that on purpose because I wanted people to start listening. So I released about four episodes at once. And this was one of them. This was episode number four. I'm going to include this. Now, this was when I was about 100 days into my journey, and I was giving a summary of where I was at. So I think it's really going to be really interesting. Let's listen to this episode number four back from December 19th, 2016. And I'm going to then chime in throughout the episode and give my thoughts and kind of compare and contrast to day 100 versus day 2695 into my official sexploration is what I like to call it. So, all right, well, here we go, guys. So it's the 100 day, roughly 100 day recap. And I can't believe it's already been that long. It's been a lot has happened. It's been actually, it's been a lot of fun, very exciting. 
I want to just kind of, you know, I thought it'd be interesting to just start with what the genesis of all this crazy sexual exploration was. And how it really started was prior to this, the beginning of this year, actually, I made some changes. I just kind of took a look at my life and my priorities. And it's always been so work focused. It's really easy for me to get lost in that because it's what I do. I love it. I'm good at it. And sometimes I hide behind it. So I just become really focused on all of that. And I just decided, Hey, you know what? I'm going to, I'm actually just going to flip my priorities around and make work. It's absolutely still a focus, but I'm going to put friends and family and experiences ahead of that. And so as I started to do that, I started to make it a priority to get together with friends and family. And, you know, when you're always saying with your friends, like, oh, we're going to, we're going to get together. We should get together. We should get together. Well, I literally got together with everybody multiple times. I would go to their house. I would spend the night as an adult. I'm having sleepovers with my friends. It was a blast. We had so much fun. We did more things. We went out, we we took vacations, went places. So through that process, I got, obviously it gives you more time for kind of opening your eyes to like how everybody else is living. All the normal people are living and actually fucking living their lives instead of, you know, just work, 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 like I tend to do. And about just through the natural course of it, it was not purposeful, but I did call that my year of love. And it wasn't about physical love actually, or romantic love. It was about just putting myself, making myself a priority. So out of that, what happened was I just started to see as I'm paying attention and I'm becoming more involved with my friends and their lives and, and seeing their relationships and how they interact with their significant others whether they're dating, whatever that is, I'm realizing, hey, I'm missing something here. And not to mention, I haven't been fucking touched in three and a half years. So something just shifted in me. And I just, (laughs) literally, I just thought, what the fuck? That's it. I'm closing the chapter on that. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm moving in a new direction. And I'm going to go and there's some things I want to explore sexually and now's the time to do it. I'm going to make it happen. So about, you know, the end Q Q4 of this year, September 1st, let's say, is when I started going down that road. And so we're roughly plus or minus a hundred days into it. And it's been interesting. And you're reading about some of that too. And um, I haven't, I still, it's unfortunately, I still don't have everything updated as far as the blog. So if you're following the blog, keep checking back because it's going to be updated. Hopefully I can push myself to get all that done in a week. And just so you know, if you're noticing the dates on things, they're not synonymous with obviously with the date that this really happened. Otherwise, I'd be a fucking superstar here and I'd, I'd be getting laid all the time. It doesn't quite work like that. It's actually a job. It's a job in and of itself to get, to get laid, just to, just to have sex. I mean, let's, let's call a spade a spade here. It is a lot of work, but you have to make it a priority like anything in your life. And I'm starting to refocus and reorganize my 
priorities and sex is now back on the radar. It's at the, it's very important. So I expect moving forward, it'll stay that way. I don't, God, I hope I'll never let myself do a three and a half year or anything like that. That's just, it's wrong. Nobody should allow themselves to shut off that side of themselves for as long as I did. It's completely ridiculous. I'm glad it's over. So the guys that I've met along the way have been really, really interesting. Obviously, there's behind the guys that I have posted here, there's a lot more because some of them never, there's a lot of talking. There's a lot of, is there chemistry? I don't know, blah, 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 schedules matching up. So it doesn't always work out. And there's been several more guys that I found extremely interesting. They may come back around. There's prospects right now that I certainly hope (laughs) that I get to explore with. And right now I'm really focused on checking off that bucket list. And there's a lot of fun things I want to do, do right away. And um, again, there's only so, so many hours in the day and I do have to work and have a, a normal life, but I am looking forward to getting all that done. So let's see, just kind of looking at the, looking at the guys here. So some of them are still around and some of them are not around. Some of them have moved more into the friendship zone. HJ is an amazing guy. I just like, I want to be best friends with that guy. We have the best conversations. I can't say enough about him. Not only is he sexy, hot, and amazing lover. Unfortunately, we just don't live close. And so we're sort of geographically undesirable for each other. But what an amazing guy. Truly. And some of the conversations that we had really opened my eyes and have changed my perspective on a lot of stuff. And that's kind of what's been really interesting for me is as I'm going through this process, there's a lot of self-discovery. There's a lot of stuff that comes up, a lot of emotional stuff and having good sounding boards, not just connecting physically, which is fun with people, but also just on a, on a deeper friendship level has been a blessing just a genuine blessing. And for the most part, there haven't been a lot of guys that I just, that I thought were, were bad guys or everybody's been pretty good. So I guess I'm screening well or picking well or water seeks its own level. I don't know, but I've been very lucky in that respect. Let's see. So the guys that aren't really around anymore. So burner and whiskey and TJ. So of those of those guys, those were just more one-offs and for various reasons, they don't end up one-offs or two-offs, whatever you want to call them. And for various reasons, they don't end up working out. And, but not, not because anybody's a, a jerk or anything like that. It's just kind of like, you know, it's just the way it is. You just don't, you don't fully click and mesh with everybody, but all good guys had f- fun And if one of them hit me up and said, Hey, (laughs) you want to get together? I probably would. Yeah. I'd probably be like, yeah, dang, I'm good to go. Let's do it. The one guy that I definitely miss or hope I can see again is TJ. And I have to thank him because he 
definitely the difference he made for me is he really got me to change my mind about younger guys. And this is why I never say never. At this point in my life, I really just, I never say never. I say, it's probably not going to happen. It's right now. I, I don't see it that way, whatever. But boy, when I started this, I was adamant. No younger guys. No, 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 no. And then a couple crept in there and, and, and this TJ boy, he just rocked my fucking world. Oh my God. Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. I mean, after that experience, when I was in the car driving home, I, mean, I was like laughing. I kept saying, oh my God, oh my God. I was laughing. I was smiling. I was giddy. I mean, it was, it was fun. It was super fun. And I talked to some of my girlfriends about it and they were just like, oh yeah, those younger guys, they can cut diamonds. <laughs> and I'm like, hello, why were you holding out on me? Somebody should have fucking told me this. Now that you guys know what I'm doing, I came clean with some of my girlfriends. We went out to dinner and I just said, look, here's what I'm doing. And they were just, we were cracking up about it. But, oh yeah, they love younger guys. And I, you know, like, hello again, this is, but this is me over in my own little, little world and just not paying attention, working nose to the grindstone and it's kind of life passing me by. So those, that's over, but Definitely, those are the guys that have sort of faded into the background. Titanic, he's interesting. Hmm. <laughs> I have to be careful on this one. That's just one of those scenarios where you have all the right chemistry with the wrong person. And we have kind of gone off and on and off and on, and just recently on, and now it's probably off. It's almost like we're living like a high school experience. I don't know how else to put it. Sometimes I kind of question myself and say, holy shit, get a grip. You don't really want or need that type of back and forth. It certainly doesn't do it for you. So, I mean, just, just close the door on it. I'm not sure why I'm not, why I haven't totally closed the door on it. That's going to be interesting. That maybe the next hundred day update will will shed some light on that. But he's lingering, so we'll see how that goes. YW is still still around. Really fun guy. I've shied away from having any more sexual experiences with him, and it's more now of a friendship. But we do talk a lot, and there's a lot of flirtation and. I don't know. That one I'm on the fence on. It could certainly be a great friends with benefits type of scenario. Ideally, that's I'm looking to have that those spots filled. I mean, that's it's really the fun stuff. Then you could do some of this stuff with partners and explore and go knock your bucket list off with them together. But I I'm not sure. Yeah, again, that's another one. It's a he's a super sweet. I mean, uh, 
I love talking to him. He he cracks me up. He makes me laugh. Definitely a generous lover, wants to please. I'm just, yeah, I, I just don't know about that one. Let's see here. Okay, my personal favorite, Clark. It's hard for me to talk about him because this is somebody that I met who I'm extremely physically attracted to. I mean, it's a 10 on the sexual, I can't fucking stop wanting to fuck you kind of thoughts. (laughs) And physically, my physical perfect, what my physical perfection is. But there's another layer to that, which is really personal, a deep, deep friendship and connection. And there's just so much more to it. And finding a friends with benefits scenario, it's a really unique person that can fill that role. This has to be somebody that you are physically attracted to, highly physically attracted to. You have good chemistry. You have good sex. You can have good, I mean, there's a friendship there. You have, you know, you can talk about stuff. I mean, you genuinely have a care for that person, but you're not, you don't want anything beyond that. You're not jealous in any way of what they do and who they do it with when you're not around. In fact, it's fun to talk about. It's fun to share that stuff. I don't feel that way about Clark. He likes me to tell him what I'm doing and it bothers him, but that's kind of part of his, what he likes. He likes to hear about it and feel bad about it. And that's his thing. I don't share that sentiment and I don't really want to know. So it's not that I would fall to pieces. I just prefer not to hear about it, anything. So yeah, that's interesting. Like I said, we'll see how that, how that uh, unrolls. Now there's, so those are the guys that we know about. There's some, there's a few on the periphery right now that are very interesting, really hot, super sexy. Okay. So at this point, I'm really learning the difference at an accelerated rate. What's the really good stuff? what's friendship stuff, just the friends with benefits. I'm really kind of starting to figure this out very quickly. And I got flipped into younger guys by TJ. I mean, honestly, thank God for that guy. He really, I don't think I would have been open to Cowboy Inn at all if I wouldn't have met TJ and had such a good experience. It was so much fun just kind of easy and lighthearted and nobody was putting pressure on where is this going or, and it wasn't like serious adulting, (laughs) but I really just got to explore with him sexually and likewise him for me. I remember when we first, the first time we 
got together and I did an episode about that. I think that's called Love in a Two-Star Motel. That's kind of a funny, funny little story how you end up on the wrong side of the tracks with somebody. I was like, ooh, not my normal neighborhood. We ended up in this real seedy motel, but actually it kind of added to it. I totally got into it, but I remember both of us being kind of nervous the first time. I could tell he was he was definitely more nervous than me at that point. I just could tell like this was his first sort of random hookup where we talked and we met. I let him pick a hotel and which note to self, uh, that was kind of an eye-opening thing there. Okay, a young guy, he's going to take me to this seedy motel. And I was a little bit at first, I was like, excuse me, do you know who you're here with? I'm not the kind of girl you take to a seedy motel. However, it did sort of add to the whole experience. But that was quite hot and quite spicy. And you know what, again, I can't remember if I blogged about that. Or if I podcasted about it, but you could guys can check the blog. It's on my website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com, and all of my blog posts are there. And I think I, I remember the title being Love in a Two Star Motel. I just don't know if it was a blog post or if I did an episode on it back then because I can't remember the time frame. And if I actually, it probably was a blog post now that I'm thinking about it. Anyway, it was very spicy and we had a lot of fun. And I just, you know, I always will be super fond of TJ and he pops in and out over. That was in the very beginning, right? And I thought, okay, it was just going to be kind of like a one-off or a two-off. Well, he popped in and out over the years. He would resurface and we would get together. But the cool thing again about TJ was his timing. And he's the one that really got me to open up to younger guys and also realized that, hey, these younger guys, they're actually good lovers. I mean, that was the reason I was just discounting them flat out. I was like, these guys aren't going to fucking know. They probably don't even know what a clit is. Does this guy know how to get me off and what he's doing? And how does this young guy think he's going to rock my world or do anything for me? And actually, it ended up being really fun and really good sex. And his oral skills, I got to say, damn kudos to him. And I remember telling him as he was down there eating my pussy, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> the young girls, they don't know what they're missing right now. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> it was really, really good. And who does not love good oral, right? I, I'm just as guilty as anybody else. Like give me some good oral and hell yes. That's a one solid way to get under my skin. If you're good at oral. Yeah. I fucking love that. But so he really, I love him a lot because he opened up the door and expanded my my mind. And I think if had I not met him first, I really don't think that I would have been able to, I just would have flat out said no to Cowboy and Like I was saying no to all these other guys previously. I just kept saying no, no, no. All these younger guys would come out of the woodwork and I just, I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, I'm older than you. Why are you interested in me? You should be with these young 25-year-olds. You don't need to be with a woman that's a decade older or more. You know, I mean, that just didn't make sense to me at the time. And anyway, it was just ended up being really hot. And he got me to let my guard down. And he really did change my perception because I was just flat out against younger guys from the get-go. And I'd never been with a younger guy. And I just thought, there's no way. I 
don't want to do this. I have zero interest. And for the first part of this podcast, like I said, I started in September 2016. Well, the the sexual journey, not the podcast. But yeah, when I started, there was so many good guys I turned away. You know, and I'm like, damn, where are those guys? I wish I could <laughs> just said no. And and guys would really be persistent and they try to talk me into it. And I was just like, absolutely not. Well, so fast forward to not long after meeting TJ, then Cowboy N reaches out to me and I was like, huh, I'd had such a good experience with TJ. I was like, well, all right. I didn't know. Again, he was saying he could teach me about BDSM. And that's one of the things that was on my bucket list. And I really wanted to do. And I had run into so far, I had run into just a bunch of dinglings and he was kind of the first guy that didn't sound like a dingling when it came to BDSM. And he really sounded like what he was saying was resonating with me. And I didn't actually meet Cowboy N until we'd had several long conversations on the phone. It really took him a long time to woo me. I mean, several weeks actually for me to you know, show up in person and make an appearance. But I'm so glad he was patient with me. I mean, you know, you look back on all this stuff and you see how it unfolds and you're just like, okay, there's sort of a there's a reason for all this stuff. There's a method to the madness. And I mean, Titanic straight out of the gate, he was he was the first guy to sort of get his hooks into me. And I know he knew at the time that I was like fresh meat. I'd never done this before. And so he did not waste any time. Now, the one thing I will say about guys like that is that I love a guy that's decisive. I love a guy that comes after you like a fucking heat-seeking missile. I love that. I need that, actually. If you're not going to pursue me, if you're not going to be in hot pursuit, it's just not going to work because I can't pursue you. It's not in my DNA. I need the hunter side of you to come out. And you either either I inspire it in you or I don't. And maybe it's that I don't. A lot of times I, I've come to realize some guys just don't have that quality. And it's not that they don't, they don't like you. They do, but they don't know how to sort of seal the deal. Like they don't understand how to work through the process and maybe other women make it easier on them and they just don't have to work as hard and that's fine. But I can't, for me, it doesn't get me. I mean, what gets my pussy wet is a hunter, a guy that can just come after you and there's no bones about it. He wants you and he's going to make it known and he's going to lead the process, the dating process or the courting process, whatever you want to call it, the casual sex process. I just need him to lead, lead me through it. It's just hard for me. I'm awkward with the, if I have to switch it up, it'd be the one in, in pursuit that was the thing about Titanic. He just came after me and I was like, whoa. And I fucking loved it. And we had this great chemistry, but he was not, as it turns out, he was really, really dishonest with me and kind of a bad guy. I don't know if you guys listened not that long ago. I don't know when it was. Was it early? Well, let me think about this. Was it somewhere? It was somewhere in 2023 where Titanic was just reaching out again. And I kind of just He'd done this. Like he pops up, tries to sort of regroup with me a little bit. And this last time, I just finally was just like, I don't know where you're getting all this from, but let me just tell you once and for all no, I don't reciprocate. I don't share the same nostalgia that you do in the same way that you're expressing it to me right now. Like, no, I, you're, 
overall, my experience with you, there's things I'm grateful for, but you know, you were kind of a dirt bag, not kind of a dirt bag. You were a dirt bag. And that's just, I don't appreciate that. And I'll never get past it. And that's the thing. It's once you've, once you've lied to me and been super deceptive, I'm just not a forgiving person. It's awful, but I'm not, you know, if you really do me wrong, if you really do me dirty, you're probably never going to get my forgiveness. And he just, number one, never really, I mean, he, he apologized and he would go through the gyrations, but it was more just like, please accept this bullshit apology so we can get back to fucking. And that's always what he wanted me to do. And it just didn't work for me. But, but what I did get out of this time frame from September, you know, this first 100 days was, you know, I was really starting to see, okay, I could have good friendships and I could, and I was also identifying two old patterns of dating and stuff that like, okay, that doesn't work for me. And why doesn't it work for me? And I'm, I was just realizing these little aspects that why previously with certain partners, things didn't work out, even though you wanted them to, they look good on paper, all this stuff. I was slowly starting to not just gain in my sexual bandwidth and experimentation, but just my knowledge about my own bullshit patterns and what was working and what wasn't and why, you know, I was finally starting to see why and I would pick sometimes these really good, nice guys like Clark, you know, who's sexy as fuck, but he's not dominant enough for me. And then he was introducing me to cuckolding and I didn't know what the fuck that was at the time. And I totally bullshitted him. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I could do that. I know what that's about. I didn't know what it was about. And I wouldn't have been able to do it justice back then at the time. And because I didn't understand the power dynamics enough, but lo and behold, someone was coming down the pike that was going to teach me about that. I was about ready to meet. And after this hundred days, or actually, I believe I had at this point, Cowboy and I had met and we were talking, we had physically met, but we started to talk about what, talk about ourselves and what we wanted, what we were looking for and things like that. And his, the conversations that I had with him were obviously very compelling for me to want to meet him and trust that he knew what he was talking about in the BDSM realm and that I could trust him. And that was super important. I just, that's why I took my time with it. I didn't rush it, but it was kind of interesting that I was still finding myself attracted to kind of falling into my same patterns. I was breaking out of them, but also repeating them as well at the same time with different guys. And the thing with Clark was, I mean, I really, it was so attracted to him that I kind of wanted to make it work. And the truth is that we're better off as friends because he's, I need that dominant energy. And he did in the beginning say, oh yeah, you know, I have that. I could do that. But as I got to know him and as he was more honest with me, he really needs something different than that. He was looking for a more of a female led relationship and the cuckolding. And those were things that I wouldn't have been able to do justice at the time, because like I said, I just didn't understand enough about the power dynamics. And I just would have probably messed it up, but being able to, as I'm about ready at this point, back on the hundredth day mark, I'm about ready to have my first hookup with Cowboy N, I was ready to start understanding 
that side. And I had, I was open enough to have someone come in and where I could give them enough respect to let them even let them teach me about this. And it just, it's really, it's fascinating guys, you know, when you can look back on your sexual history and see how, how you've grown and how you break old patterns and, and, or drag some with you for longer than you need to. I mean, (laughs) if you want to know what you're doing right or wrong sexually, have a sex, have a sex podcast and record your shit for seven years and then come talk to me. It's, you're going to learn some stuff. So it's, it's been quite fascinating, but okay, let's jump back into the episode. Here it is. I'm hoping to have some adventures with them and see where it goes. As I'm moving forward at this point, what I'm really zeroing in on is, which I wasn't really in the beginning, even though I knew, I knew I wanted, I wanted to find some really good friends with benefits and just lock it in. It's like, if you want to have sex on the regular, you got to identify those people and you got to put them on the calendar. I mean, listen, people, this is like a fucking business. You got to run it like a business. You have to get your, literally get your fucking priorities straight. My priorities are for fucking about fucking right now. It's on the priority list. So I know what it takes to have something happen and regularly and systematically. And I'm sort of running my fuck life like I would my business. And so people that are flaky, people that are wishy-washy, boom, they're out. I don't have a problem with that. So I'm developing that system, I guess, if you will. And I have been developing that system within the first, within those first hundred days. And it's becoming very clear to me. I'm like, oh, hey, I need to put, I kind of got to put my business hat back on a little bit, apply some business sense and savvy to this this goal here of mine to make it happen because it's the same principles apply here as with any goal and making it happen. So I'm approaching it a little bit differently now and I'm definitely making it clear to people that, Hey, I want a friends with benefits saying, if you're wishy-washy, you're on the fence, or you just think you want a one-off, that's great. But that's not what I'm looking for. So that's been happening. Uh, That is happening. And interesting, so the other side of this, and I mentioned this in my on the blog site there when I was kind of just talking about what when I started off on this journey, just a complete blank slate. I knew that this would bring up it brings up emotions and weird shit. And there's been some times where it does feel a little uh I guess lonely would be a good word because you're not, again, the goal here is not to connect with anybody. And I do tend to be very well designed for the friends with benefits scenario. I always have been. It's typically for me in my past relationships, I've been like the man, you know, I mean, not just, just in the, or I, I'm, I'm kind of wired like a man in the sense that I, don't get super attached. Now, that's not to say that I don't meet some extraordinary people that where I, that does start to happen. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I would say would definitely put Clark in that category, but where I'm not, I don't really have any walls up with him. I just don't feel the need to. It's like, it's very, he's just very comforting. But for the rest of this to work, 
I need to be, it's not about falling in love. It's not about having a boyfriend. It's about finding that again, the friends with benefits, those are kind of like unicorns. I mean, those are, they're hard to find. It's a unique person you can have that dynamic with. So going through all this does bring up all your, for me anyway, it's bringing up all this stuff, these feelings. And, you know, I kind of, I was having feelings with Titanic and definitely there's a lot going on there. It's a back and forth and it's not a friends with benefits type of scenario because it's definitely a stronger connection than that. Whether it's a good one or not, I say not, that's a different story. But so I've had to kind of deal with the stuff that's coming up as I go along. And, you know, it's interesting. I mean, sometimes it just, sometimes it kind of bums me out. It's kind of like, I say to myself, like, okay, do I really, it begs the question, do I really have it in me to do this? Do I want to be this person? Do I want to tap into the side of me that has to be so closed off emotionally to make this happen? And I don't know. I don't have the answer to that right now, but it's kind of, it definitely is whirling around in there. It's, it's in the mix of what's going on. So it's just, it's been a, I don't even know how to say it's just such a fascinating thing. The way people think about sex and their priorities about sex and the lengths they'll go to have sex and their hangups or I see people's hangups. I see people that are completely free and open. I just go fucking a right on. I mean, I hope to be like that. I hope this journey, I'm so curious about where I'll end up. Where am I going to be at the end of this? Will I ever be the same in a relationship? Will I go back to a one-on-one? Is that possible? Will I want that? Will I want it to be vanilla? I mean, I don't know. How is this going to, how is what's what I'm doing right now changing my, my sexual course for who I'm going to be at the end of this? I don't know, but I'm excited to find out. And I have a feeling that it's going to be, I'll take all of this. I'll take, I will take, I will take it all away. The good stuff, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it's definitely going to be an overall good experience. That's what I believe. And I can see at this point. So that's pretty much it. I think I really enjoy the guys and they're also interesting and unique. Yeah. And people are a trip. (laughs) So hopefully I'll start meeting some cool couples. I haven't quite ventured into that. I'd really love to meet that's on my bucket list, you know, I'll get, get with a couple and, uh, and that could be with the, I could do, I can, I was thinking about having a couple with the male, female, female, male, female scenario. So, and maybe I'd be their third, maybe I'd end up being their, their third that gets to play around with them more often and be with them. And who knows? I mean, again, there's just, there's a lot of possibilities. I'm really looking forward to what's to come. And you know, that's, that's the recap on this past 100 days. So I'm looking forward to getting everything updated as far as all of the experiences so far with the guys, because some of them there, I've only posted one experience and there's been several, 
But uh, again, if you have any questions, you can reach me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com. All right, guys. Well, you know, it's so interesting because at this point in time, and when I recorded this podcast in 2016, I was just on the cusp of starting to see how, or understand, I guess, how my masculine energy works well for some things, but how it doesn't work well for others. And at this point, I was really needing the dominant stuff. I was really needing someone to come in and show me that. And I wasn't aware of this, but I hadn't cognitively put all that together, but that's what was happening. But I was really ready to experience something and someone different. And somebody there, that guy was hanging out right there and he was ready to jump in and he did. So the timing of all this is quite, when I look back on this, is super fascinating to me. And at that point, I'm still, you know, at battle with my, with needing this stuff and wanting this stuff and kind of not understanding how I was sort of blocking it, cock blocking it (laughs) back then. And, you know, it's still kind of a struggle in some ways, but back then, I mean, I'm at this point, I'm kind of second guessing myself and I'm still sort of trying to use old tactics thinking how it helped me stay safe, especially with the friends with benefits scenario. And then, like I said, right now, what's going on in the background is I'm, I'm starting to build this. It's the beginning of the relationship with Cowboy N and which as everybody knows, I mean, that really, really changed a lot for me. Plus I'm just one of those people that I always want answers. I'm super impatient and I I soon realize at this point that I just have to let go and go with it. And you know, it's so fascinating too, is by the end of year one, by the end of this first full podcast year, so the end of 2017, a year later, I am admitting that I want intimacy. And there's a episode in December, almost a year later, I think it's on the 21st or something like that. It's a give me some fucking intimacy, please. And I kind of start to realize like, I can't, there's just different levels with this and I can't do it without, I can't be completely devoid of feelings. I don't, it doesn't mean we have to be skipping off into the sunset, but I'm starting to really kind of learn the levels and where all this stuff lands when it comes to casual relationships and how certain things can be very casual and they have been able to be very casual and then certain dynamics cannot. So for me, the power dynamics don't, I don't do well when they're super casual. And I think right now I'm kind of struggling with that a little bit with Nico, you know, it's like, uh, I can role play this, but it's not as fun for me. And I would rather it be a little bit more connected. And that doesn't mean like the deep, deep connection I have with Cowboy Ann. It just means it helps me be better and I show up better and I'm more interested in being, playing the role of your, your dominant when there's a connection. It, there's just not as much in it for me when I'm role-playing it. I mean, 
to me, you're just a dick I'm masturbating on. And I hate saying that, but it's true. This stuff that I've done very casually, it's not that I don't have respect for these people, but I certainly don't have a vested interest in them as individuals. And that shows up in the kind of sex and the kinds of interactions that we're having in the bedroom. And that's just for me. Maybe some people can show up and be completely open regardless, but I don't actually think that's that's the norm. I think that would be the exception rather than the rule. I think most people do need that connection. And by the end of this really first podcast year, which would be actually about a year and a half of me doing this, I'm finally starting to admit to myself and out loud, you know, on the podcast, like, okay, yeah, I don't, I don't do the casual stuff I can do, but it's not as interesting and it's not as fulfilling and it doesn't hold my attention. And I would rather have some connected relationships. And I call those like anchors. There's a lot of stuff you can do casually when you have an anchor. It's like, I tell this to Mr. Big when he wants me to do the hot wifing stuff and all this, you know, and go and share this stuff with him. Like, listen, I can do anything when I know that you have my back, when I know that I have an anchor, when I know that I have that solid connected relationship with someone. Yes, I absolutely can go out and do this stuff. But it's harder when you don't have that one person. You got to have at least that one person. And this was just going back to when I released this episode in 2016, I was a little confused, you know, about how I was processing all of this stuff and how, what it was meaning to me. And like I said, you know, it was interesting because the timing of it, it really, that I got to that point on my own accord. And then here comes Cowboy Ann. I mean, this really cleared the way, me admitting this, which was almost kind of like, I remember feeling like it was a little bit like a defeat when I had to do a year later, when I had to do that episode and say, fuck, you know, I need some fucking intimacy. I can't just do this without some form of connection with somebody. And I guess admitting that really did finally allow me to go deeper into my submission with Cowboy Ann. And he was really patient with me that first year because I probably was not the best submissive. And I really wasn't his submissive when we decided to give it that label that came later. And that was with me going through a lot of gyrations And certainly there were things going on on his side. I'm not saying he showed up and said, hey, commit to me. No, I mean, it just, it did evolve over time, but it was hard for me to to get there. But I think every, when I look back on all this, I can see how how it all lines up. And 2,695 days later, I definitely have (laughs) some knowledge under my belt. So just to kind of put it out there, guys, my goals goals for this year really are to be more, I guess, raw on the public side, kind of get back to that. I felt like I was a little better at that when I was in year one because it was a fuck it, I'm going for it, right? And 
I couldn't really do any wrong and I couldn't say anything wrong and I couldn't be wrong because it was all just about the journey. And then as I started to do this and do the show and feel the pressure producing episodes and making sure that people like them and keeping up with everybody's feedback and watching the statistics and my female to male ratio, it has biased me in some way not too much, but it does weigh on me. And I think about it along the way. And so this year, I am just going to talk, I'm just, I want to get back to my roots. I want to get back to that freewheeling, say whatever the fuck comes to my mind. You guys can take it. And sometimes I'm going to hang my ass out there and say something stupid, probably a lot of times. And that's, you know what, I'm all right with that. But I do want to be more free and I want to take the pressure off myself and be able to talk about whatever I want without worrying about the rankings or the ratings. And I've actually stopped a couple months ago. I just stopped looking and checking. I'm not checking anymore. I don't care. I feel like that dilutes what I'm trying to accomplish because people are just going to like this show or they're not. That's okay. Like if you don't, I can live with that. But I've just, I've struggled over this past year. And this is the year for me to really just kind of have fun, really connect the dots and between the physical and the emotional part of myself and have fun while I'm reporting the sexy stuff. So All right, you guys, everyone stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe. Love you so much. Don't forget, go to thecuriousgirldiaries.com. Leave me your feedback. You got voicemails. I love getting your voicemails. You got five minutes. Let it rip. I get back to each and every one of you personally. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend. And make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com and join my subscribers only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com.